Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. All right, I want to tell you a quick story. When I was a screenwriter, um, there would be days that uh, I lose an entire you know, half of a screenplay. Oh, you're a screenwriter now. Right. So um, we have a lot of parallels, by the way. And uh, I would fucking go crazy. And then I would tell myself I was meant to lose those pages because something better is going to come out of this. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way that I could get myself to calm down because when you grind and you're writing, you know, 12 hours a day and you lose it all. This is before there were clouds, right? This is when you're just mm-hmm. typing shit on Word and you save it to yeah. your desktop. Um, there, there was no such thing as clouds. And so mm-hmm. I used to lose, you know, 30, 40, 50 pages of a screenplay. And when I did that, or my computer would crash or whatever, um, I would just trust that I was meant to lose those pages so I could start over and it's going to be better. And Joe, as hard as it is, I think we have to both approach that mindset because <laughs> yeah. Joe and I have been talking for like, what, 16, 20 minutes and we lost the whole thing. It wasn't recording. Mm-hmm. So I, um, that conversation was genuine. So, you know, I think it was good anyways. Um, it was, it was good, but I think it was, um, I think it was um, the warm up. I think it was the runway. I think it was what we needed uh, for now this to be the episode. And that's, of course, me choosing to believe that or else I'm going to get frustrated and, and, and not, not want to do it anymore. Um, Joe, quickly tell us who you are and why you're, why you're here. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joe Akira. I'm a film director and actor from Los Angeles, California. And I know Mr. John Kim here. Um, well, I knew him when I was 12 or 13. Um, I ended up being a rambunctious little kid and uh, started smoking weed and drinking very young. And then my mom sent me to rehab. That's where I met John Kim. Yes, and you forgot to call me beautiful because on the first take you said Sorry. that I was a, I was a beautiful man. I I remember that. Yes. Hey hey um, who do you know still from those days? Because uh, so so Joe is now twenty seven, which blows my mind, but it makes sense because I'm now um, almost fifty. And when I was working with joe uh in rehab i was uh like 35 36 i was in my yeah. 30s yeah um hair just like this you were just yeah we, we biceps i mean i don't i mean i think i think they look big through the eyes of a 12 year old but uh um, um probably, yeah and, and i uh, i had just found crossfit like joe didn't know but i was going through a divorce he saw my he all he did was he saw this uh korean guy who thought it was really cool with the short spiky hair um, cool you know, bar. wearing cutoff shirts and crossfitting, and then I had a, yeah. um, I had one of those little two seater BMW Roadsters that, because uh, uh, my brother worked from BMW, so I had one of those with the sport package, and so he probably thought, oh, who's this? Who's this cool guy? Um, yeah. But I wasn't cool. I was uh, going through a rebirth, and I was uh, lonely and trying to find myself, and a lot of, lot of, um, either what you're going through now or what you started going through maybe about three years ago. Mm-hmm. That's where that's me. Where, no, I'm just saying that's where I was. Uh, who do you remember, or who do you? Well, first of all, do you still uh, keep in touch with any of those people? Um, I'm friends with a couple of them on Facebook. Okay, I, yeah. Um, 
I stayed in contact with Dustin, Alberto, and Emily for mm, a little bit. Yeah, Emily yeah. and Dustin ended up they might be married now, but they they be like they got together. So on Facebook, I, I see that she has babies. Oh, I wonder if Dustin is. The yeah, father. I don't know whose they are, but I think she has two babies. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, obviously, I know them. Uh, I remember mm -hmm. them. You know what I remember about you? Um, you had a very big personality. For so you were, wow. I think you were the youngest, and you were the um, like physically the 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 smallest. Don't want by far. Yeah. I mean, remember like um, remember that what was his name? Not Dustin, but um, there was a guy that was like huge man. Like he got into fights. Kyle, the football player. Yes. So like you yeah. compared to him, right? That was like that was oh, like day dude. and night. Um, it was like I, Dwayne the Rock Johnson versus Kevin Hart. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> I, I was um, I was afraid of Kyle. I mean, I wasn't really afraid of like physically, but I was afraid because mm -hmm. he would be someone that uh, like just randomly just like start fighting. You know? Um, yeah, he had that anger. He had that anger he your, thing. He was your he was yeah. your um, client, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we sh we shouldn't say who my clients are, but we're just using first names, so oh, it's still yeah. yeah, no worries. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically, a lot of the people that we're just talking about, there were a lot of a lot of them were my clients. And, uh, mm -hmm. I remember you because you were, um, you were adorable. You were, I connected to you cause you were Asian, right? You were, uh, mm -hmm. you're Japanese, correct? Yes, sir. Because there was also another kid named blue. I think he was half Asian. Yeah. He was, he was only there for a little bit, right? Yeah. He's only there for a little bit. Multiple times. And then there was, um, there was Eugene who, um, or mm -hmm. Eugene and, and he was Korean. So, um, I really connected to uh you guys because you were asian and and you know the 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 stereotype because when i grew up asian kids were like all you know straight a's never got into trouble never did shady shit and so um it was a new generation it was and, and there were a lot of asian kids here um so i, I really felt connected and wanted why i wanted to like help but i remember you because you were very spunky and i think the way you try to connect to me was through sorry so you were the kid that always made fun of me and i knew i knew that was um i think that i just think that was your way of connecting like you would make fun of everything you know my walk my hair oh you like this or that or that and i i'm assuming i don't know what why why did you make fun of me so much <laughs> i will say this john i thought you were the coolest badass badass motherfucker ever you like like i said you got like i thought you were just super ripped biggest arms mm. cool hair cool car all the other like female counselors like john so hot all the girls are like john so hot you know and then there's a story going around that you like dated paris hilton i don't know if that's true no that's not but true i was like <laughs> that's he's like what i want to be when i when i grow up so like i think i internalized that and kind of like started poking at you to, yes. To, for, yes so you to give me attention right? yeah um, and that's it, a good father figure it, which is um it, yeah you know but no one there had um, I, no one at, at, at that rehab and I was there for five years, um, had a present father. So either dad was at home, but emotionally gone or dad mm -hmm. was physically not present. And because of that, um, I think the, the boys were thirsty for a, a male role model or, or someone they could, you know, uh, you know, um, have a mentor or just look up to or have conversations with. And then I think the girls, um, you know, a lot of girls there were were uh, physically sexually abused, right? So a lot of the girls um, stood too close. They, I mean, they, they didn't know anything about boundaries or – and so one of my takeaways from that whole OA experience was um, 
fuck, we live in a fatherless nation, you know, like there is, there is, and the, and the impact of that. And so I started thinking about my own life and yeah, my dad, my dad was home, but he was never around. He was always working and he was also an alcoholic. So, um, yeah, man, when I was your age, so when I was uh, 12, not your age now, when I was 12 or 13, I used to um, idolize the, not the girls, but the boys who were, you know, on the BMX bikes, who had the biceps, who had the, the you know, like if you had a car at the, and they were like 15, 16, they were so cool. And I, and I got in, not through making fun of them, but I got in, I got, I got in through windmills. I got in through um, breakdancing. And then I, I got to be, I got to be, and maybe, maybe that's what skating was for you, but they let me in because at 12 years old, I was doing head spins. And so they're like, oh, we need, we need this little guy because we could win competitions. And, you know, the smaller you are and the, and maybe with skating, because you always look young when you're doing your skating, you were probably, you probably look like a younger kid doing the amazing tricks. Yeah. Like kids <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. I it's like, like let's sponsor this guy. Exactly. Yeah. Um so that was uh, my avenue. Yes, and so you you a walled. Um and mm-hmm. I, I know um as adults you know, you, you it's kind of funny, but um as a twelve, thirteen year old, I mean it's it's life or death, it's a big deal. And so you basically yeah. um you you um broke out of prison is what you did during the day. And uh, you were crying. And, you know, the, the thing we had mm-hmm. with AWOL was like, I think we were allowed to not to like talk to you guys and prevent you from doing it. But once you hopped mm-hmm. the wall, I don't think we chase after you. I don't think we're allowed to. Yeah, I, I think you guys even stated that too. Like, if yeah. you guys want to AWOL, you guys can AWOL. We're actually yeah. chase after you. Right. But, you know, we're right. here for you. And I remember after anyone AWOL, we would have like a group meeting like immediately after mm-hmm. right for like an hour or two yeah talk through it go yeah. through emotions yeah you know? but you're the uh you're the finding nemo you're the one that got, got away and uh uh you went so you went home you started smoking again uh started skating mm-hmm. again uh but your mom didn't send your send you back i think she accepted you yeah uh, you didn't want to be there so nothing's going to change and then from mm-hmm. there slowly it seemed like you you turned your life around so tell us about um once you got home, how did you slowly uh, get back on track to now you uh, doing <laughs> film and uh, you're, are you a financial – in finance, are you a financial advisor or what do you do? Uh, I'm a consultant. A consultant, so I basically, um, I, I consult on operational um, procedures. Yeah, and also uh, you graduated from UCLA, correct? Yeah, I transferred from El Camino to UCLA wow. and graduated. That's impressive, man. I mean that's impressive. That's hey, – uh, yeah, I went to Cal State Northridge, dude. So, anyway, okay. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so you go home, you start skating, you start doing weed again. Uh, tell me mm-hmm. the character arc. Tell me the trajectory of of Joe at that that time. Yeah. Um. So I got I got home. I think I was fourteen after rehab. Um. Took me five years of just drugs, skating, partying. Yeah. Um. To kind of like realize there's something more um and then i hurt my back had to get back surgery so i couldn't skate anymore and i was almost like i was devastated right like this is skate skateboarding was what i was put on this earth to do yeah you know i can't do it anymore right, right so um one of my best friends who passed away recently uh, romero escalera he um 
How did he pass away? He basically sat me. What's what's up? How did did he pass away? So supposedly it's a suicide, um, but they found his body in the port of Long Beach. So he jumped off like they say he jumped off the Vincent St. Thomas Bridge. Wow. But there is some shady stuff going on. um, Yeah. We don't need to talk about, but okay. So we don't really know what happened, but yeah. yeah. Um, he basically sat me down one day, told me I had all this potential, and that I was basically ruining my life mm. because I wasn't skate. I wasn't like skating at the level that I was. I was just going to the skate park, drinking, and doing like doing drugs, right? Okay. Um, and then he's like, "You got you got to chill on that. Like, focus on school. You have too much potential. I like you should transfer to a good school." And then he taught, he was a photographer. So he taught me photography and, um, I started doing photography or photographing my friend skateboarding. Um, and you can't be drunk doing that. So yeah. that kind of helped me get away from that aspect of skateboarding. And then when I got hired at the El Camino college bookstore, my boss saw my photos and was like, Hey, like, I know the, um, the professor who's in charge of the newspaper, like go apply to be a photojournalist. So I did that. I fell in love with photography. I fell I fell in love with journalism mm. and the aspect of like truth finding through that. And that really made me like put a, it put a fire under my ass. Like I need to transfer yeah. to school. So I got really involved in, on campus. Um, started caring about my grades. Still was like a B, a couple A average student. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting into UCLA, transferring. I specialized. I was political science at UCLA with a concentration in the Middle East. And then my last year, my roommate was a, he was an entrepreneur. He started a company, um, I think sophomore year. So he really motivated me like, Hey, like I could be my mm-hmm. own boss. So I started taking mm-hmm. finance classes, did finance, start like started looking for a finance job instead of like going the political science route. And then I ended up getting hired by Deloitte, um, doing corpus operations consulting, um, did that for a year. Um, wait, wait, real quick. Um, I don't know. I don't know anything about that world, but Deloitte—they're uh, a pretty big deal, aren't they? They sound like, like they are. Well, they're considered like the big four. There, there are oh. four big accounting firms. Okay. It's, um, EY, Deloitte, PSG, and then another one. But wow, um, nice. Okay. They're they're so big that they have like three like different other firms. Like they all okay. have consulting firms now as well. Um, yeah. This just I mean. It's a cool job. It pays really well. Sure. But um, it, this wasn't what I wanted to do. And then my high school friend um, asked me to audition for um, the lead role for a short film on um, centering three skateboarders growing up in Los Angeles. Mm. And um, I was like, yeah, I always wanted to act. I never told anyone I wanted to be an actor, but I mm-hmm. wanted that. And then here, here my friend Grant was um, asking me to do this. Um, so I show up after work to... Um, this skate spot in San Pedro in a suit, right? Uh, this, direct, <laughs> I, this director looks at me, get out of the car. I can see it in his face. Like, like his whole face just drops like, damn, this is not the guy. Oh, like, hey, man. Hey. I introduce myself and I'm like, Hey, do you right. mind if I just change really quick? I don't want to skate in this suit. So I right. literally put on some board shorts, a Hawaiian tee, probably not even buttoned or halfway buttoned. Right. Um, yeah. He, like, saw my tattoos and everything. He's like, you're it. And then he saw me. Wait, why, why did you show up? Why did you show up in a suit? Oh, because I was coming um, from my job. Oh, from work. From okay, I thought you were like, like, okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, got it. So then, when you took off yeah. the suit, then then he saw Superman. So he saw Clark Kent, and then you ripped that suit off. And he was like, oh, okay. Now, now he see the guy with the cape. And he saw the spunkiness. The, yeah, 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 yeah. The um sarcasm. Sure. You know, and that kind of sure. fit the the role. So I got that role. 
wasn't um, getting acting roles after that because as everyone who is an actor knows, it's very hard to break into the industry. Um, so I just remembered one of my really good friends, Austin Anaya, um, in college, we were at a party really late night doing stuff mm-hmm. we shouldn't have been doing. Um, but we ended up talking because he was, he was a rapper, made music. He, want, he was like, you're a photographer. Let's make a music video. As kids in college do, we always talk a lot, but we never finalized that. Um, so I just reached out to him after this short film. And I was like, hey, Austin, do you want to um, still do this music video? I'm willing to help fund it so I can direct this. Right. So I did that. Um, I think it was like $3,000 for the whole music video. But then that music video, um, oh, no, actually, after that music video, I reached out to my friend, a uh, mutual friend of Romero's, who is now a designer. And he was making these cool designs for like upcoming rappers. Um, we call them SoundCloud rappers mm-hmm. around Long Beach. Um, mm-hmm. So I reached out to him to do a fashion ad for him to direct a fashion ad. And he was like, oh, I'm actually going to be putting out my first collection and I'm, I'm doing my first fashion show in a couple months. I kind of want to do a documentary. Can you do that for me? And then me knowing how much production costs, I was like, no way. I'm right, doing a documentary. right. And then I, I like kind of like relaxed, slowed, slowed my role, realized that I can, I can make it happen if I want to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I basically funded 80% of the doc myself, the wow. designer doing money when he could, which was, which I really appreciate. But um, that documentary, um, one of the models was a, another rapper. He saw the Austin and I music video, hired me. And then it's just been like, from project to project, I've been getting jobs, right? So wow. So you're not, wait, so now you're directing, projects. you're directing music videos. Yeah, I'm, I'm, direct, I'm, I'm making money. I'm making way more money directing right now than acting. So Wow, that's amazing. So then um, are you also doing the finance or no? You're just doing the creative. Oh, so I, I went part time. I, okay. I live in Santa Monica and I yeah. pay heavy rent. So that supplements my rent. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to like take crappy acting jobs and I can direct here and there. Um, What's the I, dream I for you now? Martial arts. Huh? Oh, which one? Uh, so I actually train at, um, at the Santo Academy in Marina del Rey. Um, and Dan Santo teaches um, multiple martial arts if you can see the schedule jeez he teaches literally like 20 different martial arts at this academy so i do muay thai i do silat i do kali which is filipino martial arts mm-hmm. a lot of dagger work double sticks i do shoot wrestling which is which is the japanese form of bjj uh, i haven't started bjj bjj yet but um i do krabi krabong which is um i think it's thai weapon weapon fighting yeah but yeah um that's amazing that's amazing man so what um what's next for you uh what is your passion now are you going to go full-time into um directing and and acting and all the the creative stuff or will you yeah um so i'm right now i'm directing and starring in my first indie future Mm. um i wrote a short film to I, well, I met this martial artist through a mutual friend, or I actually just met this guy at the gym and I worked at a set on bench press with him. And then we started mm-hmm. talking kind of like, kind of like-minded. And then he, yeah. Sounds very to this guy, Jordan Jones. Yeah. And then he, yeah. I talked to Jordan. It was supposed to be a five minute phone call and it ended up mm-hmm. being an hour long. He was like, Hey dude, like if you want to be a, like an action star, you need an action reel. You can't just have an acting reel. <laughs> right, so right. Write, like a 15 page short center. Don't center it on, like martial arts, but like right. add some action in there, add some dialogue. And then I sent it to a couple people 
they don't like it. And then I realized that I'm going to be funding this, putting my 100% into it. And especially because I put my own stories of growing up in Palos, like around Palos Verdes into it. Mm-hmm. I want it to be more meaningful. So I'm now rewriting it into 90 pages. Um, wow. But so I have a fight choreographer. I have three other martial artists signed on to it. And then I'm working on this huge doc um, on the Iran revolution that we're going to be getting, we're going to be trying to get finance soon. So if, so when I get this finance, I will be transitioning fully to directing because this is going to be the scope of this project is, is massive. Yeah. I mean, and also it seems like that would satisfy uh, when you were uh, in college and you wanted to study, um, you know, um, well, I don't know what the term was. It's science, international relations. Conflict resolution in the Middle East. That was like what I studied. So this documentary lines up with that, which is really interesting. 100%. I mean, the the whole motivation behind this documentary was um, after Masa Amini was brutally murdered um, in Iran, there there were so many protests. So I went to the one in downtown LA um, on October 1st. I I took photos. I found this really cool vantage point super far up. I walked up like a hundred stairs to it. It turns out there's a security guard. He graciously let me in. And then there are two photographers from a very, very well-established publication. I'm not going to say which one it was because it'll be embarrassing for them. But basically this this guard, um, it was me and these two other photographers. And then um, the guard was like, hey, what, what, is this, what is this for? And them being the seniors, like 20 years my age, I was like, I let them talk about it. And they were like, oh yeah, some, some girl, Maslamini got, got killed in Iran. And it was like, like for what? And they kind of blushed and didn't really know the backstory, the context behind this. Mm. So with my background, <laughs> I spent 15 minutes relaying it because it's because this all stems back from the 1925. Yeah. You know? like, and people don't realize this. So I, I told them that. Then when I, when I got home, I was just kind of thinking about it like wow if these like photojournal like established photojournalists don't even know what's going on i bet you most of the people at the protest didn't know what was going on so then i was like we like the western audience needs to be able to understand this the context of this revolution dating back from the 1920s to fully support this yeah fully like make this revolution happen right and then I, through a mutual friend, I reached out to a producer who I was actually just getting production insurance for my projects from. And then he's, he's um, Iranian. Um, actually, he's Baha'i, which is a very small um, community within Iran that is, has been persecuted for the past yeah. 40 years, since 1979. Like, persecuted. Like, they're killed in the streets, you know, with no justification. Um, but yeah, so he basically, I asked him, like, hey, do you know a cinematographer who's Persian? I want, I want, I want to bring on, a, like, a female iranian cinematographer to this and he was like yeah and then i sent him my concept and he loved the idea and then um he be- i brought him on as a producer he found my cinematographer gallery siavash amazing cinematographer well established in so many documentaries um and then Sharuz also brought on another producer and now it's just blown up to this project where we're trying to get a million dollars in funding wow. and we're very confident we're going to get that because gallery and borna and Sharuz they're in the big leagues. Yeah. You know, so I'm so I, I'm so grateful to them because they're kind of teaching me like the, the professionalism and the, the workflow of the big leagues. Cause I'm, I'm in the middle, the small leagues, right? I'm doing 10 to 15, 20 K budgets, very small. 
But you yeah. know, um, you're a great example uh, when I think about your story of someone who, um, quote unquote, as a kid was a fuck up, right? Uh, according to society. And then um, has really gone on to, to uh, find traction in life. And uh, uh, now you're doing things that are bigger than you. You're making art. Uh, it's amazing, man. I'm so proud of you and where you're at. Yeah. Um, you know who else was on this? Uh, Halen. You remember Halen, counselor? Halen. Halen, a female. Uh, uh, female. She was Halen. there, I think, on the weekends. Anyway, um, she's one of the counselors. I do remember Halen. I had the biggest crush on Halen, actually. Sure, I think a lot of kids did, yeah. Uh, I think and, everyone um, had a crush on Halen. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and she was, uh, um, yeah, she was on this podcast. And she's also doing amazing things. She's in Hawaii. She created a... A whole afternoon or an after-school kind of uh, center for um, um, kids to uh, have resources, and it's like it's like a whole after-school no program way. thing. Yeah, with her daughter, which is really cool. And um, it's amazing. I think Eugene is um, in school to become a uh, well, you know him, right? Uh, to become a social yeah. worker or a therapist he, or something. He, oh, really? Because he was yeah. going to do film back. Oh, is he in film? I don't know. 14. No, oh, I do film back, back when we were kids. Oh, back in the day. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I think. I love that for him, though. Oh, wait. No, it's not Eugene. I'm sorry. It's the other. Uh, it's Sam. There's a guy named Sam. And I think it was, it was Halen's. Okay. He he went to school to become a uh, social worker or a therapist or a counselor. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of stories of the kids from that. Um, those days, detention, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um who are out just, you know, doing amazing things. And now you guys are all, and you were the younger one. So I mean, I would, I would imagine like Emily and Dustin, are they now in their thirties? They got to be in their thirties now. They have or, to be. Yeah. They were at least two or three years older than me. Holy Emily was like shit. five years older. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and she was, uh, well, she came in already, I think like 17 or something. She came in toward, you know, she wasn't right. 12. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's, uh, it's such an honor for me to, um, I guess because I'm on social media, it, I, I might be easy to find, but it's such an honor for me to hear from You're from famous, you guys. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm famous, but but I I um I get I get um emails or DMs once in a while, and it's from people from the past, and uh, mm-hmm. it's uh really rewarding, man, and it's really great to to see your face. You um of course you look 27 now, but you um you look exactly <laughs> the same, like like the spirit of who you are, and I'm sure me too, right? The spirit of who you are is still the same. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just you were, hair. yeah, you were always smiley. You were always a kind of a happy kid. You're, uh, yes, you were angry, but you know what? Everyone there was angry. And I don't know if you knew this, but I was also angry. I, I, um, I loved you guys, but I didn't want to do that job. I hated it. Uh, really? nothing, nothing wrong with the, the system and the people I work for. Um, but I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to be Dr. Drew. I wanted to like wear, you know, designer pants and have a private practice and drink lattes. Oh, yeah. And the, the universe threw me into nonprofit with a bunch of adolescents, um, some trying to fight me, some trying to be me. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck am I doing here? I, I hated it, man. Um, but I think it was treatment for me. I think, uh, and, and you may not know this, but, you know, all the groups that we ran and all the shit that me just hanging out with you guys, taking you grocery shopping and stuff. Um it made me grow up, you know, it made me, uh, I was in treatment as I was helping, uh, you guys, I feel like. So, wild. yeah, it was wild. I mean, I would have never guessed that. yeah, behind the scenes, I was, uh, 
I wasn't a cool guy with the little BMW. I was a guy with a broken heart trying to rebuild my life after a, a divorce, man. So um, lots of learning and growing. Very well then, man. <laughs> we all, I mean, Acting. Male, at least looked up to you. Oh, there. oh, thanks, man. I, I, I don't. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't think it was because of me. I, I really think it was because uh, everyone there didn't have a dad, and and um, when we don't have a positive male role model, especially boys, we get thirsty for that naturally. I mean, I yeah. even when I was twelve and thirteen, I, I idolized all the older kids, and I wanted to be them, and I wanted to be a part of what they were doing. Um, and so I <laughs> think there was a lot of that at OA, and I just happened to be oh, the yeah. older kid, you know. Well, dude, that also translate to like what because you're saying a lot of people are from OA are doing like amazing things now. I think people yeah. who come from broken homes that make it out of that lifestyle, right? Yeah, really realize that there's there's too many broken homes around the world, and us coming from that, we want to help people get out of that, yeah. break the cycle. Right? Yeah, and it's possible. Well, also your 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 generation. I shouldn't say your generation. Let's just say you. Um, you have tremendous optimism and uh, you've always been, I remember you've always been a very smart kid. And so um, Thanks, dude. things are working out, man. So yeah, I'm just proud. I'm proud of you. And thank you so much for um, contacting me. I'm assuming you found me on social or online somewhere. Yeah. And... You know, I found you on, it's, you were on my explore feed a couple, like maybe a year or two ago. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. John Kim. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a little afraid to hit you up. And then when you sent out that mentorship thing, I was like, this seems like the right time in my life yeah. to reach out to John. Well, you also yeah. don't have time. You don't have time to, to, to be an intern. You're ma- out making documentaries. Oh, and shit, no, no. But, <laughs> but, but I'm glad that you, I, I'm glad that you reached out and um, I'm glad that we connected. I hope, cause I see these, uh, whether it's a podcast or a video, I see them as kind of time capsules. And um, I hope mm-hmm. that, you know, we throw it out into the ocean, the universe and I hope um, someone else from that, that world sees it and uh, they That'd get, you know, yeah, they get a kick or uh, they get a smile or they uh, uh, know that, um, you know, as, as, as far as that was, that we're all, all out there all out there now just kind of doing our thing and trying to be the best version of ourselves. Yeah. And please, if you are seeing this, please reach out to either one of us because I will eventually be in a documentary. On, yeah. Um, not OA, but like that. Yeah. That industry. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, hey man, you're a catalyst now. So, uh, like I, like I, uh, like I was years ago, and, and try to continue to be. And so, um, congratulations on, uh, dude, con- congratulations on really turning your life around. It's amazing. Thanks, man. Well, congrats yeah. on all your success, man. It's really Thank amazing you. and inspiring. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, hey Joe, where can people find you to um, watch your movies and do all the uh, things yeah. that? You did? So, um. My website is asianofilms.com. You're going to have to spell that. (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, 100%. It's A-C-I-A-N-O-F-I-L-M-S.com. And you'll you'll find all my socials on there. Uh, There's really nothing on the dock right now since we're really early on um, the financing stages. But in the next couple of weeks, we're planning to have some big names signed on to it. So we will have a website or some place where you guys can go and look at the doc and support it. Cool. All right. Well, um, thanks for hanging out. Be well. Hey, you, you thanks, take Tom. off, you take off and then I'm going to talk another five minutes about you. So I'm going to talk a little shit about you okay. and then you can, and then you can, uh, 
Make this it is saucy. this is me being lazy because I don't want to edit this shit. You you just leave, and then I'm gonna um, talk a little little shit about you, uh, and then that will give you reason to uh, listen to this when it airs. All right, all right, all right, Joe. Great Thank seeing God. you, man. You Be so well. Yeah, you too, man. All right, bye. Well, um, I just wanted to say it's it's really meaningful for me. Um, you know, I talk a lot about um, our stories, and uh, it's interesting because Joe uh, 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 writes screenplays and is a filmmaker now, and we have that in common. That's what I used to do, uh, fuck, 20 years ago. But um, I still carry the power of story with me today, and when someone from your past comes back and you could actually – see them and allow uh, yourself to be seen and have that connection. Um, you can connect dots in your story, you know? And one of the things that Joe didn't know that I was a miserable fuck then. <laughs> I had to put a smile on my face um, and change my attitude because I wanted to be there for the kids. But um, I was going through my own shit. And for him to come into uh, my life, uh, as I say, for him to fall from the sky and for us to connect really makes me uh, – it's meaningful to me. It makes me believe that uh, um, my collision not only with him but uh, nonprofit and all that was meant. And it, it was such a, a integral part of my story and, and really repositioned me. I guess what I'm trying to say is you know, we, we go through things sometimes um, at the time – we don't like them or don't want to be in that or, or you know, uh, it's a, a challenge for us. And then you look back and you're able to connect dots and you then see those times as gold, you know. And so the five years I worked in nonprofit, I think I, I, I think that's when I did the best work as far as um, I ran three groups a, a, a day, five days a week and uh, was hanging out with these kids. And even though my ego and what I thought a therapist looked like didn't match that. Now looking back, that was my prescription. You know, that was what really um, lit a fire in my belly, uh, especially for men and men's work and um, all of that. So anyway, Joe, thank you for contacting me and uh, thank you for helping me um, make sense more of my story. And um, I'm so proud of you, Joe. Um, I hope you keep leaning forward and um, continue to reach out and we'll keep in touch. Thank you for listening. Be well.